Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. When you drive a vehicle so reliable, it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty. You stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I am with you every single Sunday. Right here, answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life. And of course, the afterlife. I encourage you to be bold and brave and go to the phones this morning with your theology question or life situation question anywhere in the U.S. of A. Dial 800-520-1534. That's 800-520-1534. Rebecca, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Um, Good morning. Hi there. I've, um, when I was a teenager, I had a very unfortunate experience in church with some unchristian-like behavior on the part of some other people in the congregation. So I told my pastor... Like like what? Well, we lived in a rural country with a a big snowstorm, and Mm -hmm. my father had no heater in his car, so he told me to wear pants to church. Mm Mm-hmm. And so that I didn't get frozen. And when I appeared in the church, the older women were gossiping throughout the sermon. And I could hear them saying how poorly I dressed and how dare I show up in church and pants. And I talked to my pastor about it and told him I no longer wanted to come to Sunday worship. So he started a youth group. And... We met every Saturday, and that that got me through those several years until we moved to California. And I couldn't find a church that I felt I was aligned with, so I worshipped on my own. And every day in every way, and was very grateful and prayed for, prayed thank you for everything that I received and all of my blessings. But in conversations with other Christians, I realized that I was saying that I felt that you were only a bodhisattva and that there were many that God had sent to earth to teach we humans how to be more compassionate, more loving, and be better people. But recently I've been going through some really hard times, and without realizing it, I was calling upon you to give me strength and protection and get me through times of emergency when I felt suicidal or felt like I was hopeless. So I apologize to God and to you on, in my own way for having done that, because I feel like I've come back to Jesus Christ 
And I've forgiven myself, but I felt like in order to move on, I needed to make a formal public apology. So I am sorry. I, I feel like I have missed out on a lot, and I am very grateful for my relationship with you. And all I can say is baby steps, you know. And <laughs> so you've left, you kind of left the church, and now you're finding your way back? Yeah, so I'm looking for a church that is compassionate and loving and accepts all people, including gays. But you didn't, you haven't, uh, were you practicing other faiths like Buddhism or something? You're using certain terms and things like that. I was curious. I, I sort of made up my own religion but I spoke with God every day, and I felt like I, my beliefs were accepted by my God. Well, you know who else made his own religion? Lucifer. Oh, yeah. There's, right. a, there's this bizarre thing. When, when you create your own belief system, and I know it's very popular now for people to go, well, I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. And really what that means is they don't want to be told what to do. They don't want to be accountable to any anybody, but they really don't – they aren't brave enough to just say, hey, I don't believe there's a God or there's a God that I need to listen to. So a lot of wishy-washiness out there when it comes to God. There are people that live in a world that is filled with logic, that use logic every day, that are accountable to the laws of nature and the laws of uh, – their own government and all these things. And then all of a sudden when it comes to God, it's a free-for-all. And it's kind of bizarre the way people get caught up in that. And it's basically people that want to do whatever they want to do, but still in the back of their head know that that's not reasonable, so they say that they believe. There has to be structure in things. People tell me all the time that they don't want to be a part of organized religion, and the only other option you have is disorganized religion. Or self-worship, which is what most people end up falling into, where it's their rules or it's some sort of Gnosticism. They they know all or they have some insight to things that other people don't, and then they build their belief off of that. I would not want you to get involved in that at all. It sounds like well, th that's, a, that's a line, a fine line that's been part of your walk for some time. Yes, that's perhaps true. I... I have tried to align myself with God and God's rules, but I do feel that I need to join an organized religion and worship with other like-minded people. Yeah, it may take some time to find the the specific church for you, but I uh, I assure you that it's it's like. And I don't want you to go someplace that is going to fill your head with garbage. That's not what I want. I want it to be a Bible-believing church and one that's focused on the things of God. And sometimes the simpler the better, uh, without all the bells and whistles. But to to find that and to dive into it a little bit, or at least to have it so that you can get your your gas tank filled, your spiritual gas tank there, I feel sometimes like people in your situation are you know wrestle so deep with it that it's the equivalent of somebody driving on a lonely highway and there's not many gas stations to choose from, but they keep going, mm, don't really want to go to that one. I don't like the symbol of the shell. It just kind of bugs me. So I'll just wait and go for a few more miles. And they keep going a few more miles. Oh, I don't like that one. I've never been 
fond of Pegasus, so I'll go to the next one and just keep driving and driving and driving, and then all of a sudden you're out of gas. And that happens with people that are seeking the perfect church as well, that they never get filled up in the interim, and they find themselves spiritually running out of gas slowly but surely, and then on the side of a a intensive heat filled lonely road with nowhere to go so best to try and find don't settle but try and find something where you are at least being fed again it may not have all the bells and whistles whistles it may not you know have everything but it just at least be a place that you can get fed and maybe you could feed into some you could be a part of it or maybe uh, find out more about its community and things like that, and in that process, uh, grow and uh, maybe find another place, or maybe find that this has more to offer you than you once thought. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday, as I'm with you every single Sunday, right here, answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life. And, of course, the afterlife. I encourage you to be bold and brave. Go to the phone with your theology question or life situation question anywhere in the U.S. of A. Dial 800-520-1534. That's 800-520-1534. Church is important. Uh, Not because... It's a mandate or something like that, not because you must get in there and you must give money and you must all those things that church ends up getting a bad rap for. It's because church is, it's a gas station of faith. It's a place to get filled up. It's a place to fill others up and to connect and have what scripture refers to as koinonia, that, uh, that fellowship, that deep, wonderful, loving fellowship with God and the people of God. And to have an opportunity to replenish yourself and ask questions, maybe answer some sometimes, to be connected in that community, to be a part of something, and to have that constant reminder of who God is in your life. And I know it's not always easy or possible. Uh, Producer Neil is with me here every Sunday, and he doesn't get to go to church quite often, if at all. I remind him all the time, this is not church, because there's a lot of things you don't get here. You may get, hopefully, truth and information, some scripture, some insight, some motivation to crack open that Bible, and those types of things, but it is different. Scripture says where two or more are gathered, In my name, I am there also. There's a power in that. It also says, do not forsake the gathering of the brethren. It's imperative to come together and to be with one another because it does strengthen you. And it does keep you uh, from being an easy target for the enemy in many ways. That's not to say that as you get closer to God, you aren't a bigger target. What it means is that it... It, you're not giving the enemy footholds in your life. Imagine, you know those climbing walls you see at fairs or uh, certain events, and they have those 
interesting little knobby things that come out that are bolted to the side of this facade mountain. And those little nooks and crannies are footholds. These are places where you can get your foot in there, your toe in there, you can grab on with your fingers, and it will help you pull yourself up onto the mountain, right? Well, in your life, when you separate yourself from God, when you leave these openings, getting yourself further from God, it allows footholds. And it's interesting when you see things, and I know with big national-type crime news when it comes to murder and the like, you look at some of these things and you go, well, how did someone ever get there? And you may think it was it's just one day they woke up that way, but I assure you, people allow footholds in their life where they go down different paths and slowly but surely um, they start making horrible decisions and their life changes. And I don't want you to fall into the same place. Spiro, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Hello, Jesus. Hi. Hi. Uh, I have this cat who meant a lot to me, and I prayed that he wouldn't die. He was sick, and he died. And uh, here's my question. Mm-hmm. I prayed like I could move a mountain into the ocean, like you say. Mm-hmm. I want to know, is that how I was supposed to pray and be 100% positive that he wouldn't die because I'm praying with that much faith? Or should I have just be praying, your will be done, and I don't know what's going to happen? All of the above. To have that confidence is is imperative. To know that God can keep that animal or any human alive or do anything is absolutely possible. And you need to be confident in that. But to also know that uh, above all things, above all else, even the prayer that I say in Scripture is finalized with thy will be done. Not my will, but thy will be done. And you have to go in with that attitude, knowing that if it's God's will not for the animal to live, yeah, um, that there's a great purpose in that or great reason behind that, whether you will know it or not. But as far as the prayer or to be fervent in your prayer or to pray with that kind of attitude, that's to know that God can do that. And but I, you're not kids, trying to make God do that. I had my kids praying that way, too. Is it right to have them pray with that much faith that I'm positive it's going to work? Well, yes, but it's it, it, it's important important to let the children understand that it's about God's will, not about how hard you pray. Okay. You know, the, the Christian church continues to say things like there's power in prayer, and this freaks people out when I say this, but there is not power in prayer. There's power in who you're praying to. God has the power, not the prayer, so the prayers to God still allows God to make the decision. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Always so much better when you're here with us as I'm here with you every Sunday live, taking your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and the afterlife. I encourage you to be bold and brave. Go to the phone with your theology question or life situation question anywhere in the U.S. of A. Dial 800-520-1534. That's 800-520-1534. Charles, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Uh uh, hello, Jesus. Thank you for your sacrifice you made for all humanity. Glory to God. How can I help you? Um, started with the Easter Bunny, the uh, Timely, Santa Claus, mm-hmm. the Tooth Fairy, and God. Four things that my parents taught me, 
and I found out three out of the four were not true. Well, was the fourth not true was the biggest question that I had of myself. So that journey took me to college where I became agnostic. Oh, I was always under the impression that college reinforces people's faith, he says with tongue in cheek. Okay, <laughs> so, uh, so I, I see, uh, Charles, that you, you've gone through a path, but is there a question in there uh, this morning for me? How can any man claim to be infallible when the Bible is full of stories of God where he's tried to teach men lessons and they're just not getting it yet. Ah, okay. So you think you think that God is not infallible because man has not grasped what God was teaching. Yes. It's an interesting way. I've heard a lot of people bring up the concept of infallibility uh, and Scripture and God and those types of things. But uh, I think uh, this is one of the first times I've heard somebody try and find that path by way of what man does, not God. So let's look at a few things. First of all, James 1, 17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. God is infallible. Infallibility doesn't mean that everybody will understand uh, or accept, I think is better. Everyone has the capability of understanding because you're not graded based on what you don't or can't know. You're graded on what you know and reject. But that doesn't mean that God's fallible. That means that man is fallible. That means that man is making the wrong decision, not God. And that doesn't make God out to be someone, uh, or in the case of God, uh, uh, to be infallible. Because his creation chooses not to follow his words doesn't mean that the words themselves were not perfect. So don't get the two confused. And this seems to be a recurring theme of sorts on the program that people mistake humankind and things that man does for the things that God does and or wants. And the two get kind of twisted up and there's kind of a the, the marriage is not that way. You can't have perfect rules and have people not follow them. It doesn't change the perfection of the rules. So that doesn't make God uh, that doesn't make God fallible because man does not follow God's rules. That simply sheds the light on on God's creation being fallible. Then I guess people say, well, then did God build a fallible creation? No. God built a creation that by nature, to have perfect love, has to have the option of no love at all. To have the perfect follower, one that follows by their own will and by choice, you have to allow that person or that creation to not follow. And in doing that, the perfection, the very perfection, the act of allowing love and true honest decision allows for those to reject. So nothing's lost. Nothing becomes uh, fallible uh, when in God's concern or with God's plan or any of those things. Merely allowing humans to make their own decisions puts that on humans and humans alone. They are the ones uh, 
that have uh, fouled things up, if you will. John, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Hey, how's it going? Uh, it's going well. How can I help you, John? Good, thanks. Um, I have been struggling with drugs for a number of years, and I'm just, I mean, every time I have done drugs, I've tried to get help and everything. I just, I know it's wrong, but, I mean, every time I do it, um, the thought of God comes to mind, and is it, I feel... I feel like it's kind of a slap in his face, um, and I just kind of want to get your opinion if that, because I, I mean, if I could, I would not do it by all means, you know what I mean? I'm not trying to do that to him, but is he, I guess, condemning me every time I do it, or, or what? No, condemning's not the right word. Yeah, uh, right. The, re- the reason why it's a slap in God's face and you know that to be true, is because God is close to you. God is reaching to hold you and to pull you from this, and and you feel that. And when you feel that, um, you're feeling not condemnation as much as conviction, meaning in your heart you know it to be wrong. You know that it's destroying who you are as a person. It's breaking you down. It's messing with the way you think. It's messing with the way your body works. And it's giving you that playground for the devil to mess with you as well. What is the particular drug of choice? Uh, this would be heroin. So a very intense and serious drug that right. you're putting into your body. One yeah. that uh, you've seen do nothing but lay destruction in its path, right? Correct. There's not like you know someone who goes, yeah, heroin was great, dabbled in it for a little while, didn't really do anything, moved on. It's not that kind of drug. It is right. one of the drugs that will auger your life spinning into the ground should it be the path you continue on. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that you started doing drugs in the first place, John? Um, you know, I'd, in the first place, I guess it was just I was young and dumb and I don't know. But then I eventually continued to do it because it turned off my thinking. I didn't. I didn't have to sit in my mind. I didn't have to. Yeah, I didn't have to think and deal with things. Why don't you want to think? It's just. I don't know. I haven't. I haven't really figured that out. Um, I guess. Not. Uh, I guess I'm just not happy with all the problems that it's caused. I don't want to deal with it. And I just, how much, I guess, shame it causes. So I just don't want to think about all that. But it seems, because it's a pretty aggressive drug and it's not something that can be administered super simply. So it's, there's a lot of desire and choice involved in the act of taking this particular drug and its severity and the intensity of it. So I'm uh, I'm curious about that initial. You say, "Well, I was just young and dumb." Uh, I, everyone life. is young and dumb at some point, but not right. everybody turns to heroin. Right. Um, I can't. Uh, I guess it just wasn't. It wasn't a big deal, you know. Like uh, some friends were doing it, and then those were the people that I hung out with, and then so I tried it, and it wasn't. I mean, when I'm a little kid, 
people make it out to be, I don't know, just something crazy, but it's not, you know, the first or second time you do it that they're talking about. It's how it controls your life, eventually, progressively destroying it. Mm. And so it, I just didn't realize that in the beginning. It's a very good perspective, a very healthy one. Mm-hmm. So uh, how old are you now? I'm 25. So you're 25. And how often are you taking heroin? Daily. And how much of the day would you say that you're on heroin? Um, most of it. Well, when I'm not, um, when I'm not on it, I'm sick. So I have to be on it constantly throughout the day. Are you on it now? Uh, well, I took it earlier this morning so I'm not sick but I don't get high or anything from it because you sound very lucid you sound very clear yeah so and do you have family parents yes, I do. and do they know uh, yes and you've had help off and on or yeah off and on and um, definitely off and on I've been struggling it for for a long time, and when I'm on it, I don't want to be on it. Um, it's not like I'm ever happy when I'm on it, but but yeah, I just that's the back to the what I was saying. That's just the main thing. I know it's wrong, so I know I'm just disappointing God every time I do that. Why do you care what God thinks? Why do I care what He thinks? Because He's <laughs> He's everything to me. I mean, He's 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 the one who allows me to live on this earth, and I'm, I'm here destroying what you gave me. That's a great place to be, because it means that you have hope, and it means that you have a, a path that makes sense to you and a place to start. There are many people that never, ever come to that realization, which is why I asked you the question. And I want that to resonate with you. I want that to be the thing that you think about, the thing that reminds you as to why you need to get clean, not only for yourself, not only for your family, but for your God. And uh, what was the last, uh, what was the last uh, length of time that you were clean? How long was I? How long were you clean? Yeah. Uh, Nine months. Nine months. And did you, were you clean any time before that? Yeah, I I was, uh, I was clean for, yeah, I've been clean off and on for a period of time. But nine months, nine months was the longest? Nine months was the longest, correct. Okay. And then I had another stretch about that time when I, because I, yeah, I would, yeah. What triggers, uh, what triggers you to go, to keep going? What, what triggers you back on to the drug, in other words? Get back on. Um, After that nine-month period. I guess just, um, you know, I guess it's boredom and knowing that and just forgetting them, really forgetting them how miserable it is. I mean, it's weird how, I mean, when I'm... Selective memory, you start thinking... Correct. Well, my boredom. You know, I'm going to ask you to, to, to hang tight. John, because I want to talk to you off the air and chat with you a little bit um, while we take a break. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. We're here every Sunday 
to talk about important things and things that are different. I know talk radio, you hear all kinds of things and politics and people yelling and getting angry and all these things. And it seems like there's uh, so much, so many problems, so few solutions that we have this time to come together to hopefully talk about solutions or at least hope to, to keep you strong. I spoke and prayed with John off the air and I'll share a little bit about what we talked about. Uh, John is 25 years old. He is a heroin user and he had an interesting tone about himself and a way about himself as to why he used, he got in because friends were using it and a story similar to ones that you've heard in the past, I'm sure. But his interesting thing is that he's like, it's not even bringing him a great high anymore. It just kind of, kind of numbs him to things. He said that his longest uh, sobriety length was about nine months. He'd had a few of those. We talked about him doing it again. I reminded him the scripture says that a righteous man is not someone who doesn't fall, but a, uh, a righteous man is someone who falls seven times and seven times gets up. That's the imperative is getting back up. We talked about what that trigger is for him to get back on when he is sober. And after some hemming and hawing off the air talking about it, he says, well, yeah, it's kind of boredom. Kind of boredom. He says he forgets. He gets he gets to a point where he's like, oh, well, I've got nothing to do or what have you. And we talked about hobbies or interests. We talked about being created in the image of God. It means that by default, you're a creator. You want to create. You desire to make things and to do things and to be stagnant. They say uh, that being, you know, idle, idle hands are the devil's playground, that when you don't have that direction, that you can fall back into things. This is not a medical show. I wasn't going to give him medical advice, but the moral, the spiritual advice was to do it again to do what had worked for nine months and try and push it to 10 months, 11 months, 12 months, but to this time have a plan knowing that your pattern is going to be that, hey, when when you're done with that 10 months or whatever, you're going to be looking around going, I'm bored. There's no, there's no craziness or drama in my life. There's nothing interesting. There's nothing showing the high highs or the low lows or anything in between to be ready. So to build that plan to be a part of something once he gets out of treatment is imperative or the cycle begins again. Remember, more importantly than all the sadness, craziness, and all these things that go on in the world, these simple words, I am with you always. Reach out and touch space. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.